The following podcast is from Axe Church Leander in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe Church Leander can be found at axechurchleander.com. Today's reading comes from Matthew 20, verses 20 through 28. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons, and kneeling down, asked a favor of him. What is it you want? he asked. She said, Grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup I am going to drink? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, You will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my Father. When the ten heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. I'd ask you all in person, I'd ask you online to join me with a little word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, we come before you um, excited to see what your word has to teach us about ourselves, teach us about you, Lord, and teach us about the calling that you have placed on us as your children, as us, as your family. Lord, we pray that you speak. Say this all in your son's precious name. Amen. So we are starting a new sermon series called Vocational Training. And when I was growing up, uh, vocational school was something that my stepfather had actually gone to. Uh, He was a tool and die maker. And so that word vocation had a very specific framework for me. Typically, if I were going to talk about what a vocation was or vocational school was, I would look at it and say, oh, that's like the trades. Right? That's your plumbers, your electricians, your carpenters, your masonry, right? Like good things, things that we need. And so that's where my mind was locked into when it came to what a vocation was. But as I grew in the church, as actually I went off to seminary, the true understanding of what vocation is started to sink in deeper and deeper. See, vocation literally means a holy calling comes from the Greek word kaleo, which means to be called out, to be called to something, to have a purpose, a a purpose that changes things, that, that changes the rest of the world. And what's ironic is that that word vocation, well, today when we think of vocation, we think again of the trades 500, 600, 700 years ago, the highest calling you could have was to be a pastor, was to be a priest, was to be a monk. That's actually what Martin Luther grew up in. If you imagine the world like a pyramid, the highest calling was to go into ministry. And so Luther, trying to work his way up to heaven, trying to appease God, said, you know what, I'm going to get as high up on that pyramid as I can. So he became a priest, climbed the ladder. But no matter how hard he climbed, he still felt this void. Nothing was ever good enough. 
the brokenness, the hurt, the challenge, his own inadequacies. They, they were still getting in the way. And so he went to scripture. He went to the Psalms. And what he, found, what he realized was that God didn't need us to build a pyramid to get to him. Instead, in Jesus, heaven comes to earth. And through grace, God's divine favor, he wraps his arms around us and he says, you don't have to work your way to me. I worked my way to you. It was eye-opening for Luther. But in that reality, in that revelation, he also came to understand something else. That vocation, a holy calling, isn't a pyramid where priests and pastors and worship leaders are on the top. Instead, as he looked at Scripture, what he realized was that all of us have a vocation. All of us have a holy calling from God. I think on Mother's Day, more than anything else, it's a day where we celebrate that holy calling. Because I can't think of any more important job than the roles that our mothers and our fathers play for our children, for the next generation. In fact, when you look at Scripture, what you see is that family is the chief way that God raises up and cares for and protects the next generation and what he's going to do. But parenting is not the only calling that's out there. What we see clearly in Scripture is that each of us are designed by God. Each of us are built by him, blessed by him, to be a blessing. To be his hands and his feet. My favorite all-time quote from Luther if people only understood that when they loved their neighbor, they were worshiping God, every home would be a true church where true worship was practiced. You see, worship is giving thanks, is a response to who our God is. And so we sing, we pray, we reflect on scripture. All of that is forms of worship, but so is love. So is loving what he loves, and he loves you, he loves your kids, he loves your neighbor, he loves that person who cuts you off when you're driving down the road, or who mows their lawn too early. He's calling us to be his hands and his feet, because that's how he cares for the world. And so when... A pipe breaks and you call a plumber. That's a holy calling. That's how God cares for people. When you're sick and you, you call a doctor. When you're at church and you listen to a pastor. Different callings, but all holy callings. That's, that's what God is trying to do in us. So the sermon series that we're looking at this week, or the next five weeks, is to unpack what does that holy calling mean for our lives? How, how do we live that out? What does that look like? Because it's not a specific thing. It's not like, well, if you really want to do it right, become a worship leader or a pastor. No, no, no. God, 
God's got a calling specifically for you that he built you for. And it may be those things, but for most folks, it's not going to be. And yet there are universal truths in each calling that all of us live out of. That's what our gospel reading came from today. This is towards the end of Jesus' ministry. They believed he was the Messiah. They believed he was the one who was going to come and start putting the world together. But they were living in that giant pyramid scheme. They were like, okay, he's going to be the top. And so these two sons convinced their mom, which I love, right? Because moms can be the fiercest advocate for their children. And at its best, it's fantastic because they cheerlead them and they love them. But like anything, sometimes it can go a little bit awry, right? And so you have these two grown men who send their mom in to ask the favor, right? Which I, again, I just have so much heart for it. I'm like, oh, well, I can see aspects of my own family and just different families in, right? The sons of Zebedee. Jesus called them the sons of thunder. Mom, do you guys have any kids who could be called the sons of thunder, the daughters of thunder? That much energy, that much passion, And they see Jesus coming into his kingdom, coming into his reign. And so she goes to Jesus and she says, hey, you, you know my two kids, they've been following you for a while. And Jesus is like, yeah. I have a request. Can you put them at your left and your right in your kingdom? Can you make them the number one and number two of this business venture you're going to create? Vice President of Operations and Vice President of Financials. C can you give them authority? Can you make sure my sons are high enough on the food chain up the pyramid ladder that God's going to take care of them? And Jesus responds. First by saying, well, do you understand the kingdom that I'm creating? Can you drink from the same cup that I'm going to drink from? Are you on this team? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll do anything. And he says, well, anything is sacrifice. Because if you want to be a disciple of mine, if you want to be like me, acts like Jesus, says, well, then you're going to have to sacrifice. It's not about the pyramid. It's about, well, as Terry said so adequately, it's about pouring ourselves out for others. It's about living a life where we actually believe, where we actually live out, that God gives us a cup, bless us with a cup that we can bless others. Jesus flips the pyramid, but then the other disciples hear about it. And they're like, wait, 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 wait. We're asking for things now? Wait, we're, we're supposed to put it on our resumes? Well, no, no let, let me tell you why I'm better. No, 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 forget John and James. It's all about Peter. It's about Andrew. They become indignant, Scripture says, embittered, self-righteous. 
they all start trying to play king of the hill. And Jesus turns it on them again. He says, you want to be great? And they're like, yes, we want to be great. That's what we're asking for, VP positions. He says, who among you that would be great would become a servant of all? Just as the Son of Man, the Messiah, came not to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for everybody else. And he compares and he contrasts that with the rest of the world. He goes, you see how the world plays, right? It's all about how much power can you get? How big of a coalition can you get to follow you? The rest of the world plays the pyramid game. But but not so with you. He, He inverts the pyramid. Where... The closer you are to God, the closer you are to the Messiah, the more you're pouring out into other people. When we talk about each of us having a vocation, each of us having a calling, one of the core characteristics of that is service. But as I was reflecting on vocation, on my life, on on the life of us as a church, I realized I've been missing something every time I've preached on vocation. Because typically, when I'm talking about it, my emphasis is, you each have a calling, now go out and serve. And that is true. But none of you are God. I'm not God. And so not only do you have a calling to serve, but God has placed around you those with a holy calling to serve you as well. To care for you as well. See, that's the system he set up. He talks about it like a body. And how all the parts of the body, they need one another. They all have a calling. They all have a purpose. But for the body to be fully formed, to be fully operational, each part needs to be served by the other parts. 1 Corinthians says that the different parts of the body, that they, they, they can't say, well, I don't need you. The eyes can't say to the ears, ah, you're not that important. The hands can't say to the feet, eh, lesser value. In fact, the stuff that's really important, you can't even see. I mean, as bad as it would be to lose an arm, if you lose a a lung or a heart, it's a little bit more dramatic, a little bit more fatal. So when we talk about a holy calling, when we talk about vocation, it's not just about us serving others. It's about recognizing and celebrating how God puts us in a system, puts us in a world, puts us in a community that's also built to serve and to encourage and to challenge us as well. 
And when we have both of those coins, when we have our own unique vocation and understanding of who God has called us to be, and when we can see the vocation in others and realize that we're not the center of the story, we're not the only one God has called out, but instead realize that he's put people around us to encourage us and to actually pour into us so then we can do our job to pour into others. And both are hard. Because both rally against our sinful nature. On the one side, we can look in the mirror and we can be like, my gosh, that person is too broken. That person's made too many mistakes. Flip side of that is that person's too good for everyone else. We make it all about us. And in that, we repent, we turn back, and we say, no, no, God, I, I want to see your identity in me. I want to live out of that. But the flip side, and again, this is where I'm struggling with right now, is that he's called all of you into my life. He's called all of you into each other's life to be his hands and his feet, to care for you and to encourage you, to realize that it's not all on you or your family, but instead he's put an entire community, he's built this community together. That together we can experience what God has for us as his kids for this world. That together we can realize that if we're all on the bottom of the pyramid, we're served and we get to serve. We're blessed and, and we get to be a blessing. We're called and we get to celebrate and be encouraged by the calling in others. We live in a world We live in a world where it's easy to be isolated. We live in a world where it's easy to miss what God is doing in community. And I think COVID made that a lot harder, right? Physically, it separated us. And yet, if you hear nothing else today, hear that because we had a Savior who came to serve and not be served, that he is, he is redeemed and is redeeming both your calling as individuals, but also the community that he's placed you in. That we have a God who specializes in putting things back together, putting communities back together in a way that all get to flourish, in a way that all get to serve, and in a way where we don't have to worry about being emptied out. Because we have a God who's going to keep on pouring back in. 
Thanks for listening to this podcast from Axe Church Leander. If you would like to hear more, subscribe to this podcast and stay tuned for future messages. You can also follow us on social medias on Facebook and on Instagram. And you can also find more information at axechurchleander.com. See you next time.